And today we want to learn some stuff from the Word of God, which is going to help our context and, and help us perhaps to get clear on some stuff. So turn in your Bibles, please, to Mark chapter 2. And we're going to go through, um, it's, it's an individual preach today. It's not part of a series. We're going to be uh, starting a new series in just a couple or three or four weeks time, which I'm excited about. But before that, I've just got some things on my heart that I just want to bring. And, and I love Mark chapter 2. It's one of my favourite passages in the Bible. So are you ready? You've got your seatbelts on because we're going to find out some great stuff from this today. So Mark chapter 2 from verses 1 down to verse 12, it says, and again, he entered Capernaum. This is talking about Jesus Christ. Again, he entered Capernaum after some days and it was heard that Jesus was in the house. And immediately, everybody say immediately. immediately. Come on, say it with some guts. Immediately. Immediately. See, I love the immediately's in the Bible. How many of you know sometimes some things happen gradually? And gradually, your life is transformed over many years. Yeah, you walk with Jesus, you're in the Word of God, you're in church, you're around people, and stuff happens over a lifetime. But I'm also thankful that you can find some immediately in the Bible. I love the fact in the Old Testament, there's this bit where, where God broke through amazing things, happened and everybody had this worship time that was phenomenal. And it says, and everybody rejoiced that these things happened so suddenly. And you know what? Everything about your life is a tension between two positions. And in this situation, there's the tension between the things that happen gradually over time and, and some things that God wants to happen as a breakthrough right now. And I want to encourage us today that always make sure those two things are going on at the same time. Come on, I'm preaching better than you lot are responding. What happened this morning? <laughs> Come on. Some things happen gradually, some things happen immediately. You know, you speak to some people and it's as if their whole life is a gradual process. And it's as if you want to get hold of them and you want to go, ah! And it's this sort of K-Sarah, Sarah thing. Life is lived on the horizontal level. It's like, oh, dear God, something. Do something with, other people, they're over here and everything is like bang, zap. They, they really know Jehovah Zappa. I mean, that, that's like best friend. It's like this, this like everything happened like immediately. I prayed and immediately everything broke through. And I went to school and immediately this happened. I went to church and bang, immediately. And, and it can be a little bit, wow, you live life on a whole nother level than my daily experience. <laughs> But how many of you know, everything about life is a tension between two, two sort of positions in so many ways, and especially in that area. You know, some people, when you become a Christian, everything's immediately, it's like, zap, I got saved. Immediately, wow, Jesus is amazing. Immediately, wow, healing happened. Immediately happened, miracles, signs and wonders. Didn't it really sort of, you know, some people, they seem to get it all at once. And these people you want to shake because you want to wake them up. These people you want to shake because you're jealous. <laughs> now, so often when you first become a Christian, loads of stuff happens immediately. And then you get into the walk. But don't lose the immediate. Hello? Come on, look at someone and say, he's preaching to you, wake up. Yeah, come on. Don't lose the immediate. Thank you, whoever preached that with me. Awesome. Was that you? That was you, Melissa, with that amazing... Talk to me. Speak to me. God is good. Oh, I love that accent. She's got this, this whole French thing going on. It's amazing. She was in uh, academy for a year. And I just used to listen to her praying. It's like, wow, God must love the French. this sort of, uh, anyway, getting right back. There's this tension between what happens immediately, what happens gradually. Let's have both. Come on, this is so important. Even if we don't get anything else today, let's have both. 
Let's not get into a Christian life that is so gradual, we don't even, it's like the snail. You know, you go back three days later and all you see is some slime around and it's just like, and you think, well, it moved. But when I was staring at it, nothing was happening. Yeah, that's what some, it's like some people's lives go back 10 years, you see some change, but on a daily basis, come on, what the heck is going on? And other people are just so like the, I don't know, like the Duracell bunny. Immediately, everybody say immediately. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room enough to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him and they brought a paralyzed man who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near Jesus because of the crowd, what a great problem to have. This is church growth problems. Now we are having church growth problems right now. We're having church growth problems. Why? Because we've got so many people coming, which is just great. It's, it just is fantastic. Really, really good. Growth problems are good problems to have, but they are still problems. They're still problems. We have people who wanted to get in who couldn't get in. Not even near the door. So when it says when they couldn't come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. I love these guys. God, give me these four blokes. Give me, give me some people like this, Jesus. I know we've got anybody like this in the house here today, yeah? We got some of those. Some guys, male or female, that are not just people who comment on the problem, but who who discover some answers and some solutions. People who don't take no for an answer. Those who don't come to a situation, find a closed door and think, oh, perhaps it's not God's will we get in and they just go home again. (laughs) I love this. They uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, isn't it funny that so often we pray for God to break through and he says, actually, you need to do some breaking through. It's good preaching now. Come on. You need to do some breaking through. Oh God, no, you do something. You, you see, so often before there's a breakthrough, there needs to be a breakout. Yeah. See, before God can break through, perhaps you need to break out of a mentality. Perhaps before God can really break through, there needs to be a, a breakout of joy yeah. or forgiveness. I love this. When they had broken through, they let this man down on the bed. Next verse. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes, the Pharisees, (coughs) those are the guys who are the sort of the chief priests of the day, the religious guys. those, Those people, the scribes were sitting there and they were trying to work this out on the inside of them. Why does this man speak these blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately, everybody say immediately. Immediately when he perceived in his spirit what was going on on the inside of them, he said to them, why do you think like this in your hearts? What's easier to say to the paralytic man, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise up, take up your bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power to forgive sins. He said to the paralyzed man, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house immediately. Everybody say immediately. See, we heard earlier about the Most High God like four times in three verses. Now we've got in the space of five or six verses, immediately. God wants some things to happen quickly. He wants some things to happen quickly. Immediately he arose, took up his bed and went out from the presence of them all so that all were amazed and glorified God saying, we've never seen anything like this before. 
You know what? I want that to be the testimony of Citygate Church as we go forwards over the next weeks, months and years. We've never seen anything like this before. We've never, we've read it in the book. We've seen it in other places. We've never seen anything like this before. God wants to amaze us. God wants to astound us. God wants to jerk us out of our casual day-to-day. Ah, well, something might change today and jerk us into a place where, bang, something transforms, something happens. Somebody comes to Christ. Somebody's healed of AIDS or cancer. Somebody has a need met. Come on, we believe in a God for whom signs and wonders. He eats them for breakfast, dear God. He's a powerful God. He's the most high. God immediately the crowd came immediately this man was healed most amazing thing I'm expecting to see things I've never seen before I've seen some pretty astounding stuff over the last 35 years of being a Christian I've seen some pretty amazing stuff. I've seen open, the opening of blind eyes that were just absolutely mind-blowing. You know, wasn't this sort of, can you see anything? And, well, I think I can. And da, da, da. I mean, that's great over time, but like white eye, eyeball. Phenomenal. Seen incredible things. But you know what? It's the greatest thing that I believe a church can can see. And that is a move of God in the church, which creates a move of God in the community, which is people coming to Christ in their hundreds, in their thousands, seeing people transformed, seeing communities turned upside down. Never seen this before. I want to go through just half a dozen things or so. How many things have I got here? Eight, nine, ten, eight things. Um, just to encourage us with today. Today I've called it this. Tear the roof off. God wants there to be some change. Number one. First point we need to understand from this passage is this. We need to make sure we are hearing the right voices. It says in verse 1, it says, It was heard that Jesus was in the house. I want to ask you a question today. What are you listening to? What are you listening to? What is influencing your world? It's not a deep teach today, but it's a very, very powerful and a very, very important thing for us to understand, especially this first point. What are we listening to? There's a whole load of voices in the world today. A whole load of things that want us you know, feed information to the inside of us. What are you listening to? What are you hearing? It was heard that Jesus was in the house. When he turned up, the news spread everywhere. But you know what? Not everybody heard it. Not everybody heard it, perhaps because they weren't listening. (laughs) I want to encourage you today to develop what the Bible calls a hearing heart. You see, there was a time in the Old Testament when there was this guy called Elijah. He was a prophet, did his most incredible things. He got a bit fed up one day and he went out and then he tried to find God and da 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 da. All that stuff happened in the Old Testament. And it said there was an earthquake. God wasn't in the earthquake. There was this fire that fell. God wasn't in the fire. There was all this stuff going on. And then after all that, he heard the voice of God. And the Bible describes the voice as a still small voice. A still small voice. I think sometimes, you know, perhaps you and I can be guilty of only hearing God in the loud things of life. Come on, I'm preaching better now. Whereas God wants us to hear the still small voice. Any, any, especially any uh, father here or, or mother in the house today, you know the voice of your child. Your ears are tuned. The Bible says that his ears are tuned to our cry, which is fantastic. He hears our voice in the crowd. I mean, how many people have prayed today around the world? Hundreds of millions have prayed today. And yet he heard your voice. He's tuned to your voice in the most amazing way. 
See, but we need to add to that our heart, our ears attuned to his voice. The Bible talks about developing a hearing heart. When it was heard, he was in the house. And I also want to encourage us today that our community needs to hear that he's in the house. It's not just about, hey, you know, come to our church. Jesus is in the church. That sounds weird. But they need to hear that something's going on. You know what? I firmly believe that the church is the best kept secret in our world today. Most amazing stuff happens. Lives are transformed. Families are restored. Marriages are healed. Finances explode in a positive way and all sorts of great stuff happens and the world has no clue it's going on. Come on, guys. I'm, I did, Come on. Come on. The world has no clue it's going on because we keep our mouth shut. When it was heard that Jesus was in the house, how did they hear that Jesus was in the house? Because there was a group of people going around, Jesus has turned up. <laughs> He's here. He's here. They were so excited. They were so passionate. They were so stirred up about the fact that Jesus had turned up and that something was about to happen. Amazing. Number two. Number two. We need to understand this. The power is in the Word of God. The power is in the Word of God. Very simple. Even though the Lord Jesus Christ turned up himself, he just needed to click his fingers. He just needed to, to blow. He just needed to say something, you know, be healed or stretch forth your hand. Every time you find this, every time Jesus turns up, he still takes time to give them some information from the written Word of God. Every time. You know, I've, I've heard over the years people say this, oh, we had such an amazing worship time and, and God did so many things. Oh, I didn't even have time to preach because God took over. I was like, man, really? Didn't even have time to get hold of the Word of God and put the Word of God. You see, God's Word is the most powerful thing we have. God anoints His Word. God empowers His Word. God lives in his word. His word comes to pass. Two things we get from the word of God. The first one is information. We get understanding. And the Bible's really clear about this. For us to live in the good of something, we need to understand that thing. When we know about forgiveness, we can forgive people. Hello, when I, I'm not just talking about knowing in these ears. I'm talking about knowing down here in our heart. When we know about healing, we can, have, we can receive healing. If we know about the laws of you know, provision and how God meets needs, when we know what the Bible says about these things, then we can live in the good of it. So God's Word, guys, never give up on God's Word. Never think there's something more important than God's Word. Oh, I, I spent three hours in prayer, didn't have time to read the Bible. Oh, really? I wonder what we're praying if we're not reading the Bible. Come on, this, I'm preaching better than you're responding today. I need to come down here. <laughs> You see, the first thing we get is understanding, insight. We learn stuff. But the second thing, the Bible actually says this. God upholds everything by the power of his word. There are times it says he sent his word and people got healed. All you need to do, one guy said, he said, you don't need to come to my house. All you need to do is say the word and my servant's going to be healed. It's like, there is such incredible power in the Word of God. And, I, you know, it can't just stay in the book. It's got to get in your heart. And when it gets in your heart, it's got to get in your mouth. Because there's power in the Word of God. So the first thing is, what are you listening to? What are you hearing? And what are people hearing out from this place and out from our lives? The second thing is this. We need to understand that there is power in the Word of God. If we want some suddenlies to take place, if we want some immediatelies to take place, then we've got to understand the power is in the Word of God. Can I hear an amen this morning? Number three, very important. We need to partner with those people who will get your breakthrough with you. Every parent will know this, the power of friendship groups for your kids. The power of, of friendship groups, the incredible influence that a group of friends can have. See, there can be a, 
a, a group of guys around your life who will get you there quicker or there's a group of people who will stop you dead in your tracks. There's a group that will encourage you to get there and there's a group that will discourage you from moving. See, be careful who you let into your world. There are times in the Bible, it's just amazing, amazing thing where the Lord cleared, out, cleared the crowds out and it just ended up with him and like his four guys, the guys around him, there were three of them normally, Peter, James and John, but he just clear out all the other voices, clear out all the other influences. Why? Because we need to do a work here. Cleared everybody out. Then he said, now little girl, I can raise you from the dead. Clear out the crowds, clear out the voices, clear out the other influences. Sometimes we need to identify those voices. And without being rude, without being aggressive in the wrong sense, we need to be firm on the inside that says, you know what, if I'm going to get my breakthrough, I need to be around the right people. I don't need to be around the wrong people. I need to be around the people that are going to help take me there, not the people that are going to keep me from getting there. Now, the Bible doesn't actually give us any information about these four guys and this and this other guy that this is obviously all about, the paralyzed man. Didn't give us any information about him. Doesn't say they are friends. Doesn't say perhaps they were family members. Doesn't say. It could have just been he was outside of the house on the street paralyzed begging and these four guys had heard that Jesus was in. They did, perhaps they didn't even ask his permission. They just walked along, picked him up and said, we're taking you somewhere. <laughs> I love it. It could be a bit like the lame man we find in Acts chapter 3 later on in the Bible that he was out there and he was shouting, saying, somebody take me to Jesus. Perhaps he heard or, you know, perhaps he saw these four guys going past. And he said, guys, help, help, help. I need, I can't get in. We don't know. The Bible didn't give us any information about it. But what is really important is that those two had to come together. And I want to say this to a lot of the guys in the place, especially, don't be too proud to ask for help. Don't be too proud to ask for help. See, so often, I know what it's like, I'm a guy. 150% bloke, all right? I had the time of my life this week, I've spent a couple of half days in my shed. It's been awesome. On my lathe clearing up the metal shavings on the floor. <sighs> Trying to sort out my 100-year-old motorcycle that I'm restoring. It's amazing. Metal. The smell of oil was it got all ingrained in my fingers. It's like fantastic. I'm all bloke. If somebody had said, if they'd come and said, you need a hand, no. No, I'm doing it. I'm good. Do it myself. Thank you very much. What is it about us, us <laughs> independent guys? You know, sometimes perhaps we don't get what we need to get because we're not partnering with the people that we need to do life with because we're too proud to ask for help. I love the fact that our men's groups are taking off in the church. Come on. Brilliant. We got the men's, I think all, our, all of the guys' groups are about eating. It's <laughs> fantastic. We have the film night, but they start with food. They come and they, you know, and they're not watching Bambi. Some of you girls would come and think we're not even Christians. I only get there once or twice. You know, it's like, Proper blokes films. You have to listen with a little bit of grace and a little bit of the helmet as heads blow up and, you know, just stuff happens. <laughs> but it's a blokes night, guys. We're not watching 
the flowers and the sheep. <laughs> Moving right along. There's the men's cycle group. There's the, uh, what else is there? There's the men's jamming night. There's the, there's the breakfast. Fantastic. And the blokes are going. It's great. Why? Because they're finding out it's better to do life with people than to just do your own thing. See, he wasn't too, well, again, we don't know the situation. We don't know if he asked for help or if they just picked him up and didn't even bother to ask permission. But either way, come on. Guys, don't be too proud to ask for help. Come on. The point of this is to get the breakthrough. The point of this is to get up off the bed. <laughs> and don't be pr too proud to accept help, even if you didn't ask for it. Help is not a problem. Help is a good thing. But I want to just perhaps turn this around just a little bit now as we start to close, and that is this. I want us to not be thinking about the guy on the bed, the, the, who the... Obviously, it's all about this guy, the paralyzed man. I want us to start to think about the four. And I've already sort of hinted at this and suggested this this morning, but I want us to start to identify, not with the paralyzed man. I want us to start to identify with the four. I love these guys. These guys are awesome. These guys are world changers. These are history makers. These are people who provide the breakthroughs for other people. These are people who are not too busy to walk past a lame man on the way to their glory meeting. Hello? These are people who are not too preoccupied with their own needs to leave somebody lying on the road. And I want to encourage us today that we are a church of the four. It's who we are. It's who we're born to be. And I love these guys. I love their attitude. I love their commitment. I love their determination. I love their focus. I love their purpose. I love everything about them. They weren't thinking about themselves. They were thinking about somebody else. They had this attitude, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. As they're going past this lame man, well, let's just pick him up and take him in. Who, I want to ask us the question here today, and I don't want this to be heavy. I want this to be very challenging, but I also want it to be encouraging here today. Who are you carrying into the presence of God? Who are we bringing into the things that God has done for us. Jesus said, freely you've received, freely give. And he was talking about healing, provision, uh, all the amazing things he'd done. He said, you've received this, now start giving it to someone else. Yeah. And I want to encourage us today, we are a church of the four. Yeah. I love this. Point number four, whatever it takes. It says in verse 4, interestingly, it says, when they could not come near Christ because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let this man down. What an incredible attitude. I don't know what I would think if I invited you around to my house and you demolished my wall. <laughs> As my wall, I put it up. A lot of them. That's my roof. I put it on there. Take your hands off my roof. But these guys, these people had this attitude not to take no for an answer. Something needed to change. Something had to be done. Something had to break through. And whatever barrier we face, we're going to move it out of the way. Whether it's a time barrier, whether it's a financial barrier, whether it's an emotional barrier, whether it's a convenience barrier, whether it's a work barrier, whether it's a family barrier, whether it's a spouse barrier, whatever barrier it is it needs to move out the way because there's a lame guy here that needs to get into the presence of God somebody had an attitude here we have got to do something we refuse to take no for an answer since when did the body of Christ transform out of purpose and into convenience 
Come on, good preaching, Pastor Jay. Thank you very much. (laughs) Since when did the gospel... move from being something people gave their lives for into being something that I will fit into my schedule. This is a bit stronger than the first service because you're the better crowd apparently. Is that right? Some of these things I didn't say in the first service because I was being too nice. And I sat down afterwards and I thought, well, I tickled them. So the first service was the tickling, the second service is the boom. (laughs) Since when did the gospel that has been handed on over the years by the blood of the martyrs and by the prayers of the saints, you know, become something that we're happy to walk past lame people in the street? And we're happy to just, yeah, well, I'm blessed, I'm healed, I'm delivered, I'm, I'm successful, I'm, I'm a prosperous believer, which we are. We believe in prosperity in this place. We believe in healing. We believe in this stuff. But we believe in that which we freely received, we freely give. And these four guys, I don't know if they'd been healed. I don't know, perhaps one of them had been lame. Perhaps one of them had been blind. Perhaps there'd been four lepers. And because of the transformation in their life, they were hunting everywhere for somebody they could give this thing to. Why? Because they had a before and an after themselves. See, people who know their before and after are so often more stirred to to get some more before people. Whatever it takes. They come to the door, they can't get in. You know, some of us would would sort of turn around and say, oh, well, it's full, I'm going home again. Now, you know, I know we've gone to two services now because we needed to. Beforehand, you know, absolutely, there were some people who came and they couldn't get in the building, so they went home again. Who knows, they could have got healed that Sunday. I'm just being blunt. Can I be blunt this morning? Can I just say it as it is? This is, you know, this is, this is Pastor Jay, the one who is stirred up right now to see people come to Christ. Yeah. You know, come to the door, too full, let's go home. Oh, well, sorry, lame man, you're going to have to stay lame. You know, sorry, sick person, you're just going to have to live with it. (laughs) See, but they didn't just stay on the one level. The Bible says they went higher. There's got to be another way in. They didn't just stay in that small little parking space that we heard about earlier. (sighs) They drove down the road and had another whole perspective of life. And um, up they go on the roof and they start to break through the roof. I can remember when we took this place over as a whole story. A lot of you know the story. And, but in these bits here, these two bits that are up further up than the rest of the ceiling, they were two huge glass sort of greenhouses down the whole length. And it was glass and steel and cast iron. Weighed an absolute ton. And when we were doing this, we didn't want big glass things up there. We just wanted the ceiling. So we had to take it off. Oh man, I enjoyed myself. I got my angle grinder. There's film of me doing this. Sparks everywhere. Thank God this was before the days of health and safety. Seriously, I just don't do that stuff. But anyway, so we had two, two um, you know, scaffold boards, one on top of the other, spanning across there, and you walk out, and you've got this angle grinding. I felt like the Terminator. Sparks flying, and the best bit was when you, you could, yeah, it was a four-man job, because this stuff was so heavy. We had to you know, take it off little panel by panel. I was chopping it through. We had to drag it over, and this was awesome. We threw it off the roof (laughs) and the noise it made as glass shattered everywhere excuse me getting excited but 
I'm one of these 150% blokes, yeah? It's like, yeah. It's awesome. That's what was going on here. These guys said, come on, we're going we're, we're gonna to get a breakthrough here. I'm not taking no for an answer. I'm not content that there are 300,000 people in Bromley that don't know Jesus right now. I'm not content that there's another 340,000 in Croydon that don't know Jesus. And I'm certainly not content that there's about another 280,000 in Lewisham that don't know Jesus. Something's got to break through. Something's got to tear the roof off. Something's got to be thrown off the building. Why? Because people need to be brought in to the presence of Jesus Christ. It's been a long time since I preached like this. This is a church of the four. Whatever it takes, just because the door is shut is never a sign that something is or is not God's will. Just because something's difficult. I mean, look at the Apostle Paul, whipped and beaten and shipwrecked, stoned to death, the whole bit. I mean, he never took anything as a sign of being God's will or not, depending on how easy or difficult it was. In fact, in my experience, what I've found over the years is the tough stuff is where the bigger breakthroughs coming out over the other side. When you've got to pull open a roof, when you've got to bust through something, you know something is about to break through. Never be crowded out of your encounter with God. Crowds will always be there. In the worship earlier, you know, there you are praising God and all of a sudden your lunch goes past in your thinking. <laughs> the chicken or your jollof rice. See, I know my stuff. May not like it, but I know it. Snail. I've had the best of snails, mate, in Akure. Anyway, moving right along. Something goes through your mind. Perhaps that need at work goes through. Something tries to crowd you out of your breakthrough, your experience with God. As we had the bread and the wine this morning, perhaps something was trying to crowd you out. As we were in the worship today, perhaps something was trying to crowd you out. Stuff will always try to crowd you out of what God has for you. But you know what? We're bigger than the crowd. Yeah. We're stronger than the crowd. We're bigger. We've got what it takes. When the Word of God says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, come on, we can face it and we can overcome it. We can move past it. We can take captive our thoughts. We can move on. Nothing is going to keep me from that which God has for my life and nothing is going to keep us as a church from introducing people to Jesus Christ as we leave from this place today. Nothing's going to stop us. Why? Because that is the purpose of the church. To be a light in the darkness, a city on a hill, a lamp on a lampstand. Let's have the band up quickly, shall we? We've got to dismantle some barriers and some restrictions in order to bring people into the presence of God. Point number six, very quickly. It says in verse five, when Jesus saw their faith. You know what? He wants to work with some faith he can see. It's <laughs> hilarious. Hello. That's his mum just got on the keyboards and he's just loving the fact that his mum's a rock star. That's what it is, isn't it? Awesome. Rock star we have over here with the best smile. Let's display some faith that can be seen. See, they could have gone past this guy and they could have got into their worship time in the house or whatever was going on. Hear the word, oh, Father, we pray for that lame man out there in the street. We pray for those guys. We pray for that, the blind man we saw back in Capernaum High Street. <laughs> but they had some faith that could be seen. They had faith that was actually demonstrated. They did something. And you know what the faith was that Jesus saw? Opening the roof. Why? Because they opened the roof expecting to let the guy down and him to walk home. He was going to walk home. They were going to see to it 
that he walked home. So we're a ch- we understand things of faith. Absolutely we do. But come on, let's not make faith so spiritual. Oh, I believe I have received. Amen. That's great. But now go do something about it. When we were laying hands and praying for people earlier, you know, a couple of Sundays ago, and you know, there were some people there, and it's like if they had a, a you know, a frozen shoulder or a this, that, and the other, we said, "Come on, stretch out, do something you couldn't do before." Now that's fine when it's us and our healing, and we can put our faith to work. But let's do some visible faith that means other people are going to come to Christ. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're responding right now because I know this is like. Number seven was a powerful point, which I won't spend time on. Don't just go for the easy option. Let's not just live the convenient lifestyle. But number eight, and this is where we're going to close today, but this is just really, if you don't get anything out of today except for this one, this is it. You ready for it? Got your seatbelt on. Look at someone say, you ready? You ready? Come on, here we go. Take up your bed. Take up your bed. Take your bed with you, your testimony. In the story, the Lord Jesus is healed. Sorry, heals heals the lame man. And he says to him, now take up your bed and carry it around with you. It's probably an exaggeration on what he said, but get the picture here. Take up your bed and go home. Don't leave it there. Don't pretend you never had a bed. That you were always able to walk. Come on now. Take up your bed. Why? Because your bed is your story. And your story is the most powerful thing you and I have. Your story. Now what happens is this, is, this is typically what happens to uh, the church, Christian people. What happens is this, we give our life to Jesus Christ. And the Hebrew words, the Greek word, the Hebrew there speaks of sanctification, which means this, it means our life gets cleaned up. And we no longer live like we did. We live for Jesus. That's the plan. Fantastic. That's what Jesus does. He changes your life. But the problem is, is we forget that that's how we used to live. So now every time we talk to somebody, we talk to them as though we've always been here. And we use language like we've always been here. So somebody says, oh, you know, tell me about this Christianity thing. Oh, yeah, praise God, hallelujah. <laughs> We're on the Christian planet now, yeah? <laughs> praise God, hallelujah. Yeah, I go to an amazing Pentecostal church and there's this, the presence of God is just amazing. You know what? We intercede for the nation and we believe we have received everything that Jesus has already given us. what an idiot I mean that's just craziness your story is the most powerful thing you have learn to tell it well learn to tell it well you see the thing we get is we get so sanctified and so theologized (laughs) understanding what's happened to us and how great it is that we lose our ability to influence anybody outside the church. Every conversation we have has got at least four Christian words in. Hallelujah, praise God, amen, Jesus. <laughs> and it's like, we, it's just craziness. We need to be able to be people who can relate with the people the 97.8% of people who do not go to church in this nation. 97, 2.8, 97.2%. We need to be able to relate to them. How do we do that? Have normal conversations. And you know what? 
Your story is? Your story is this. Well, let me ask a question, actually. What do you think this guy was saying as he went home? Oh, I've just had a great theological debate with Jesus and he expounded on the scripture and he talked about this and the No, he just said, I was paralyzed, now I can walk. <laughs> Very simple. Today's a bit of a different preach, guys, yeah? I'm just laying this out there. In fact, there's a great, a great story, life story in Acts chapter 3. Again, when a, a guy's healed, a lame guy's healed. And the high priests call him up and they say, tell us, what do you believe about Jesus? And in fact, no, sorry, wrong story. The guy who was blind, I think. And, and he goes, what do you believe about Jesus? Do you believe that he's the son of God? He said, listen, mate. I have no idea who he is. I don't pretend to understand it all. All I know is this. I was blind and now I see. Boom. That's all I know. That's all I know. You know what? When people need to be introduced to Jesus, they don't need to be talked to about that he's the son of God, the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. Amen, brother. <laughs> they don't need that. All they need is, I was sick and now I'm not. I was poor and now my needs are met. I was depressed and now I'm full of joy. I was fearful, now I'm confident. You know what? That's the greatest story that you can ever give. Now people can form an opinion about you and about whatever, but they can never argue with the story. Most powerful thing we have. This is a church of the four. The four. Come on, we're going to take you into our experience. Perhaps they were sick and they were healed, so they're giving it to someone else. Perhaps their marriage was broken up and they got out of it. They got through it. They've had their hurts healed and now they're getting other people through their hurt and their situation. See, but the problem with so many Christians is they don't even own up to the fact that they went through something. Perhaps you were abused and all the trauma and the hell that you went through. Look at somebody like Joyce Meyer on the TV. Hardly a message does she talk about without saying, I was abused by my dad and this is how I got out of it. Why? Take up your bed and walk. What's defined your life? What's defined your life? What has the power of God transformed in you and I? What is it? Don't hide it. Don't be embarrassed about it. I was, I went through a divorce. So what? So have hundreds of thousands of other people. Stand up and say, I've been through this. Now let me tell you how I got out of it and I'm going to carry somebody else in. You getting this? Is this, is this okay? I was insecure and fearful and now I've got a confidence than I never had before. Now let's go find all these other insecure people and help them come into everything that I've discovered. Not from a place of arrogance. Hey, I've got something you don't have. No, come on. It's not where we come from. But it's able to relate. Again, one of the most amazing preachers we have ever had in this church is show your scars. Dr. Richard Perrinchief. Just phenomenal. Life-changing for our church. Show your scars. Most people pretend they haven't even got any. No, I've never been hurt. Oh, get a grip. Come on, we're here to carry people into the presence of God. We're here to carry people in. And the greatest way to carry people in, tell your story. We did an exercise some years ago now, actually, probably six, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago. Write down your story that you can say it in less than one minute. 100 words, actually it's about 30 seconds. 100 words. 
and we did this as a test in the church and we said, okay, just write your story. And you know what people, you know, begun with, I was raised in a Pentecostal church and da da da. Boom. Means nothing. Just religious rubbish. Just stuff that we say because we don't know what else to say. I was oppressed and now I'm free. And a little bit of packing in 30 seconds. That's your story. Learn to tell it well. I sat at my desk the other night and I, and I went through this myself and I thought, I'm gonna just you know, do my story again. And I thought, dear God, when's the last time that I told it like this? You know, I have so many opportunities, but, and I take every opportunity I'm given. I mean, every waitress, every, every, every waiter, every everything, I have the opportunity to give somebody something that might take them one more little step. The greatest thing you have is your story. Let's stand up this, this afternoon, shall we? Did you get anything out of that? Is that all right? Fantastic. Father, we thank you that you are in the business of transforming lives. Lord, we know this has been a bit of a different day here today. Lord, a bit of a, wow, okay. We got a job to do sort of a day. But Father, we thank you, Lord. It's not from a place of, Lord, compulsion in the wrong sense, but it's from a place of such gratitude of we know what you've done in us. Lord, there is incredible stories right across this room. From hurt to wholeness. From lack to abundance. From fear to confidence. From insecurity to security. Lord God, there are so many stories here. Every one of us have a story of what you've done in our lives. And Father, I pray as a church, we stir these up. Lord God, that we would carry your glory in a fresh way into our community, in a way they can understand, can grasp hold of, can relate to. Lord God, that we wouldn't be crowded out of our experience, Lord, but we wouldn't take no for an answer just because the door's shut or things get a little bit inconvenient. Lord God, that we would be those people who do whatever it takes to see this hurting world, Lord, this world that needs Jesus have the experience we've had. Father, not from a place of arrogance or piety, but Lord, from a, a place of, Lord, we know what we know. That you are indeed a wonderful saviour, a healer, a provider, a redeemer. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Come on, you turn to someone.